Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Made for More podcast. This season is all about lead your way. So leadership your own way, find your own style, find what shoe fits and uh, do that. Uh, It's me, your host, Ali Nitschke. I am coming to you today on a wintry Adelaide day. Uh, This episode is a little bit different to some of them that you've heard in the past. This is part of our Ali Speaks uh, segment, which is a solo episode for all of you who have been requesting them. Thank you very much. I love that. But what I wanted to share with you today is a little bit different. Of course, the season's all around leadership your way, and I wanted to share a little bit of leadership my way. So you may or may not be aware, but June, which is when I was recording this, uh, is a very exciting month because my first book had its very first birthday. And uh, if you've ever written a book before or you have friends that have written a book, you'll know that it is a labor of love. People often ask me, um, you know, how was the writing process? And I think, geez, it was more more labor, less love. Uh, and it's taken me nearly 12 months to be able to, to read through some of it, only because when you spend your time energy, effort, absolutely entrenched in creating and writing a book, part of you doesn't ever want to pick it up again. Uh, this this book well and truly uh, was a labor of love. It, it didn't actually take me that long to write, but it did take me a long time to get it from when I'd finished writing it to actually getting it out uh, into the world. So if you are not familiar with my very first book, it is called Rise of the Courageous Leader, Three Simple Steps to Lean into Discomfort and Communicate with Confidence. So one of the uh, key things and key messages I have when I'm working with leaders, whether it's through some of our corporate programs or whether it's through some of my private uh, clients, my senior leaders and exec leaders, is we look at leadership across three different pillars. So pillar one is around self-awareness. You can't lead others until you can lead yourself. And this covers things like clarity, uh, capability, confidence, and leading to inspire. Then we have a look at uh, part two or pillar two, which is all around team awareness. Now we We can't lead a team until we can communicate effectively. So communication, as you know, is my favorite topic. I love to talk about talking, but we we really want to be able to communicate effectively as leaders, both to our peers, to our team, and also be able to present with influence and impact and, and confidence. So communication, curiosity, and compassion falls under our team aware pillar. And then we get to our third pillar, which is all around organizational awareness. So this is really underpinned by change and our ability to lead change, navigate change, bring people on the bus, so to speak, air quotes, uh, as well as some competency, so organizational development, and then community as well. And this is really how we lead with impact. So because the birthday, uh, no, not the birthday, because the book is having a birthday, I thought I would do something that I've not yet done before. And that is actually do a bit of a read through. Uh, So full disclosure, I've not actually read this out loud yet. Uh, A few of you have been asking me about uh, audio versions. And yes, there will be an audio version at some point in the future. Uh, So I thought today I would actually give you a little bit of a sneak peek behind the scenes or within the cover so to speak, uh, just to give you a little bit of an understanding about what Rise of the Courageous Leader is all about. Uh, To date, we have sold hundreds of copies around Australia. We've had reprints done for companies where I've keen 
keynoted and there's been a special message in there from their CEO or their managing director, uh, it really has gone wide and far, far and wide. Uh, and I could not be more proud of my very first book. Uh, also, a bit of a caveat, if you have heard me speak in the past, whether it's been in training rooms, whether it's been uh, presenting to your board, whether it's been at conferences or conventions, uh, you'll know that I don't have notes. So I am not someone who often will script what I'm about to say, including all the podcasts, they are all very much uh, in the moment. Uh, so I'm actually not used to reading from a script or reading directly from my book. So if you stumble, you're going to get the real life version of what it means to uh, to read and uh, you'll be able to see how often I can cover up my, uh, my little stumbles when I'm not reading directly. All right, enough of that. I can't wait to read you the intro of Rise of the Courageous Leader. Of course, if you would like to get your own copy, you can do that on all of the regular platforms, Amazon, Booktopia, uh, places like that. And if you would like a very special personalized signed copy, uh, head over to my website, madeformore.com.au forward slash books, and I will personally sign a copy for you. And my four tiny people are involved in the wrapping and sending process as well. So they they get paid pocket money uh, and they love to be able to help, it out, help out and send those books around the world. All right, let's dive in. Welcome to the Made For More podcast. I'll be sharing my experiences along with some actionable advice to take your leadership to the next level. Introducing your host, it's me, Ali Nitschke. I'm a leadership and courageous conversations expert, a Nutella lover, a mother of four young boys, a wife, and a dance floor junkie. I'm here to give you the motivation you need to level up, lead yourself, lead your team, and your business. Let's go. Introduction. For many years, I was a professional dancer in Adelaide. In fact, I spent my entire life in a studio rehearsing or on stage. The arts industry funding was cut in South Australia and it wasn't too long before I found my hopes and dreams were lost. Everything that I'd worked for to become a prima ballerina was literally swept out from under my feet leaving me rudderless and jobless, and it was time to find a new career. I grew up in a country town. Of course, it's not country anymore, but 15 years ago, we still had a central main street and many of the people that worked in the shops were friends and acquaintances. One Friday, I was walking down the main street and as I walked past my local credit union, I had a sudden feeling that it might be a great place to work. So I decided to pop in and see if they would hire me. After all, I'd been banking there for 18 years. Propelled by that inspiration, I walked into the foyer and simply said, hey, can I have a job? By Monday, I began as an employee. Recruiters and HR people will know that this likely wouldn't happen today. But 15 years ago, it was still something that happened occasionally, particularly in small towns. And interestingly, I've found that this sudden burst of inspiration is usually the way that we find something that we love and that we tend to be quite good at. And once we find that thing, we get invested and we start looking for more opportunity. The dancing industry was very competitive. We were always competing, always pushing ourselves to the max to reach the next level, physically, emotionally, mentally, and creative and creatively. This competitiveness is a thriving part of the banking environment as well, and I loved every minute of it. Before too long, I was promoted and then promoted again. It was pretty fun. 
And then I was handed the keys to open up my very own office right in the heart of the city. I got to hand select my dream team, the people that I wanted to work with and that I knew could perform exceptionally. And because of that, I was able to build a really high performing dynamic team. This was a really great time in my career, but of course, nothing lasts forever. And about 10 years ago, we were hit with the global financial crisis. Banking and finance was not a great place to be working at that particular time. And eventually we were disbanded and the office was closed. My team, who were fantastic, were promoted to other areas and I found myself sent to, quote, fix a toxic team environment in another office. The first day in my new role, I walked into the office and felt like walking into a literal wall of 14 women. They hated their jobs. They hated each other. They hated their boss. And as you can imagine, they especially hated me, a super optimistic person who had suddenly appeared to sort them out. This was absolutely my baptism of fire when it came to leadership. I learned very quickly that I'd been thrown into the deep end and I needed to either sink or swim. And I was sinking quite fast. But one of the best parts of this role was that I got to have a vast number of courageous conversations. And with each and every one of those 14, and over the next 18 months, we were able to collaboratively turn that team around. Of course, if you've been on either the giving or the receiving end of a courageous conversation, you'll know that it's a pretty tiring thing. And I was ready for a bit of a break. So I decided on another career change. And this one might've been my hardest, but best role ever. Having four babies in five years, all boys, I've learned a lot from each of my careers and my career as a mum was no different. From my darling three, four, six and eight-year-old children, I've learned the hugely important lessons that all adults have the same emotions, issues and meltdowns as children. And we still have the same difficulties using our words. The only difference is that we're much better at hiding it as adults. In this book, we're tackling the process of using our words through courageous conversations. In my work today, I get to collaborate with leaders all around Australia and even around the world. And this is something that I speak about quite a bit, how to be a courageous leader capable of courageous conversations with ourselves and our teams. While this book is very much workplace related, a lot of what we will deal with here can be used to great effect in our personal lives as well. Why is courageous leadership important? I do not believe you can do today's job with yesterday's method and be in business to Nelson Jackson. In a time of texting, tagging, tweeting, now more than ever, people are looking for connection and they're looking for their leaders for that connection. Because of this, we're seeing a new style of leadership emerge. There's a move away from traditional leadership and a view that is simply, and a view that it simply doesn't work anymore, that it's not enough. And in the last 12 months, we've seen a rate of change accelerate beyond what we thought possible. What we want and need today are resilient leaders, leaders who are bold, who can make decisions and who are willing to experiment, test and learn the best ways to lead in our changing environments. But most importantly, we want leaders to have compassion for themselves and for their people. The root of the word courage is core the Latin word for heart. In its earlier form, courage meant to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. The future of leadership needs more heart. What we need are courageous leaders. Courageous leaders embody innovative leadership that fosters creativity, empathy, and connection. With a rapidly changing environment and continually competing priorities, leaders today need to step up to adapt these leadership traits. Unfortunately, it's yet to happen. And many HR managers, human resources managers, and general managers report that while their leaders have great business acumen, they're still missing these important soft skills. This means that putting people Uh, Sorry, this means putting out people management fires and having tough conversations that comes with leadership are often escalated to HR 
or higher management rather than being efficiently and conscientiously handled within teams. HR managers and GMs are already struggling with time and resources. Having to lead and manage leaders or leaders' peoples adds another layer that shows and that slows down organizations' ability to react to emergencies and current priorities and take steps at the right time in the right direction. HR managers and GMs are continually thinking about well-being and safety of their workforce while trying to rapidly upskill their people and plan strategically. Being the workplace moderator is not high on the priority list, nor should it be. This this should rightly be in the wheelhouse of the leader. Then I go on to explain the model, but I'll do that for you right now. So at the bottom of the model, uh, and we work our way up, it's like an ascension model, is uh, number one. So this is like an entry level for leaders, and this is frozen. Leaders at this level are a bit like a deer in headlights. They're usually newly appointed leaders and are perhaps a little overwhelmed with what lies ahead. They may have a large and never-ending to-do list or are unsure as to what tasks they need to undertake as part of their role. Leaders at at this level need to focus on action. Taking action and action will build that momentum for them to get going. They really need to focus on the next step they're going to take rather than how they're going to climb the entire mountain. Level two, floundering. Leaders at this level are playing a game of whack-a-mole. They're constantly putting out fires, whether they're real or perceived. These leaders often feel like their leadership journey is hard work. They haven't yet adapted or developed their own leadership style. They may be trying to mimic something they've seen in the past, but it's not working for them. Leaders at this level need to focus on clarity. The clarity piece in leadership is so important. I often say leaders need to slow down and plan and think to speed up to lead and execute. Leaders at this level need to focus on their leadership identity and blueprint and really take a step back to see what their big vision is all about. Level three, frazzle. Leaders at this level are usually a flurry of activity. They're overworked and working long hours. They will often come across as busy, air quote. Sometimes they're busier than they are productive. They are also often doing a lot of work that isn't necessarily in their zone of genius. Leaders at this level need to focus on delegation, looking at who in their team can take on some of these tasks that are either building up a lot of time, sorry, are either taking up a lot of time or taking them away from more important strategic planning and thinking. Mastering delegation is a skill every leader learns over time. I cover more of delegation in chapter five, communication. Level four, clear. Leaders at this level have taken the time and discipline to really get to know themselves and have developed a clear vision of what type of leader they want to be. Leaders at this level need to focus on ownership. Now that they're clear on what type of leader they want to be, they need to take personal responsibility for the next steps. Planning their goals, being accountable to them and to others, driving their own learning and advancement here is really important to building momentum. Level five, coasting. Leaders at this level here are cruising. They're no longer frantic. However, they're not yet making an impact or influencing those around them. These leaders need to develop an action plan and then plan how they're going to execute it. Level six, confident. Leaders at this level are quite often confident. They're building their strategic alignment and focusing on leading change within their team and across organizations and across their organization. Perhaps they've been in their role for a little while and have some runs on the board. Leaders at this level are usually looking to take the next step 
in their leadership journey or are looking to make a bigger impact. Leaders at this level need to focus on conviction. This means keeping promises to themselves and holding an unwavering belief in what they have to do and who they have to be next. Level seven, courageous. Leaders at this level are ready to focus on what their impact is going to be and what legacy they're going to leave behind. They're displaying the 10 C's of courage in every aspect of their work life. They have a reputation for being a brilliant leader. They're also humble enough to know that leadership is a lifelong journey and their next focus needs to be on being candid. This means building relationships around and across organization and industry. At the end of the day, we don't need more hours, need better leaders. Leaders who can take the reins, leaders who can step up and lead their team, leaders that can have those tough, courageous conversations while maintaining empathy and care, the people part of business. Certainty in today's fast-paced and ever-changing world relies on the ability to adapt and change just as quickly. As leaders, we need to be able to respond rather than react. We need to resolve what didn't work and push towards, sorry, and push forwards towards a new way of working that does work well. The weight of responsibility to make sure everyone is safe, retain staff, manage sick and stress leave, not to mention handle the fallout of mental health in the next 12 months and beyond, falls solely on human resources and executives. It's no wonder we're steering directly towards burnout. But the people part of business is vital. We must get this right in order to be effective leaders over the long haul. And this book will help you to find the way forward to be able to lead your people and your teams with empathy, care, innovation, and most importantly, courage. Let's dive in. There you go. My first ever read through. You are welcome. I hope you enjoyed that, the intro of Rise of the Courageous Leader. Uh, As I mentioned, there is an audio version coming out at some point in the future. She says without any date or commitment in mind. Uh, No, I will let you know when that does come out. Uh, But in the meantime, if you would like to get your e-copy through Kindle or a hard copy, you can find that in all of the usual places. And of course, if you would like me to personally sign your copy, uh, let me know. And you can do that through the website. So it's madeformore.com.au forward slash books. I'll make sure all of that is in the show notes. Thanks so much for letting me do that. Uh, I have had that on my podcast list for, well, 12 months, obviously, because it's been out in the world for 12 months. And I finally had a cup of my own medicine of some courage and read through the script. Not sure if you noticed a couple of stuff ups there, but I think you get the gist. Uh, Thank you so much. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Don't forget to tune in to the next episode for Ali Speaks or hear from some of our wonderful guests. If you like today's episode, please tell your friends, share on socials. Uh, You know what to do if you're already listening and I will chat with you soon. Bye for now. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode on the Made For More podcast, please make sure you subscribe to receive future episodes. And of course, five-star reviews are always welcome on the Apple podcast. If you'd like a copy of the show notes or any of the links mentioned today, check out madeformore.com.au forward slash podcast. And of course, if we aren't connected already, you can find me in all the usual places. Ali Nitschke on LinkedIn, ali.madeformore on Facebook and Instagram. I hope you have an awesome week and I'll catch you again soon. Bye-bye.